Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I have been in discussion with the health authorities in the state of California who called me and asked, you know, they said, we feel we need to do this. What do you think? And I said, you know, you really don't have any choice when you have the challenge to the healthcare system. You've got to do something like that. Dubious results. The thing that strikes me over and over again is nobody knows how this virus behaves. Other warm weather states like Arizona are going up in flames. Nobody knows why this is happening. And the idea that you can risk something major, a major body blow to the labor force on the grounds of, of uh, prudence when nobody knows what we're protecting against just strikes me as kind of nuts. That person screaming there at the very end was a public school teacher yelling at uh, protesters who want the schools open and want uh, life to return to normal. They were in Oregon. She was not pleased. Uh, I don't know that she was overly... (laughs) There is something wonderfully pure, and I like it, and I've seen it in person mostly with women because uh, I'm a bad boyfriend or have been. So to see like a, a woman, especially one that you know, Absolutely, and this is you're not guilty of this, else, but just many years ago, I date, dated flawed people, <laughs> but uh, absolutely just lose their minds to the point where they completely just crack. There's something pure about it and natural, and it's, 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 it's almost something that's worth documenting. <laughs> this woman is driving by a bunch of people to say, Open the schools, essentially. We, we had this in our own town a couple of days ago, and I beeped nicely because I support them. There's kids. This woman is a school teacher, probably in her 20s, 
driving by. She stops her car. She can't contain herself. And now she yells at the protesters. B, kill yourself, she said to one lady. waving at all the cameras. Everybody, of course, is now filming her because they're, <laughs> they're thrilled with what the spectacle they're seeing. And now she's waving at the cameras like a mad person. Oh, bleep you. I mean, two things about this. I've, obviously, you won't be surprised to know that I have a crush on this young lady. <laughs> um, and two, she's just simply not well. She's not well. And there are a bunch of... It doesn't make her any different than half of the country. At least she's only destroying kids' education and isn't an elected leader. <laughs> well, is don't, like, Fauci and these governors and stuff have a lot to answer for in that regard because they've made people this paranoid? I mean, and, like, our friend Hale out in Western Mass who's spitting on people for not mm -hmm. wearing masks, like... They literally think that having the schools open, despite all the evidence to the contrary, is going to kill them. That's why mm -hmm. they're that mad, because that's what they've been told, that they're going to die if people who simply want to go to school or simply want to hike outdoors in the mountains without a mask on. Right. They think that that's literally killing them. So that's why they're oh, yeah. behaving this way. But they've been told that by people in authority. No, absolutely. The people in authority are also tapped, Alice. Can you grab the Facebook thing that I sent earlier with the doctor, mm -hmm. the cancer doctor who also does other stuff? It's these, the, too many people have simply lost it. And because of political reasons, I think it's, that if there had, this not had, had not been a, an election year with Trump, etc., that then people are personalizing it and directly just accusing people of of lying. I remember I was with, and I'll just I'll protect the ID of. Is it not? Did you not send it to me on Twitter? Oh, it's just a text. I think. Oh, uh, okay, although I may have sent it on Twitter. I don't know, but the text leads you to somewhere that's important. I may have sent it to us on the messenger thing. I may not have. Anyway, there's some good. If just read that piece of text I sent you, actually, it would be fine. This is a. And, you know, I remember after 9-11 being with a bunch of people out in Beacon Hill, and we were just kind of out there. We all hung our flags out. We were Okay, I'll read it. We, okay, were all, we were all there. We all hung up. We hung our flags. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, this is not after 9-11. This is on 9-11, you know, at the night. And it was an extraordinary day, obviously. And we had, <laughs> we had, I can't find it else. How did you send it to me? I don't know. Didn't I? I must have texted it to you. Oh, did I send it Facebook Messenger? Oh, oh what a jerk! No what one a, God uses what Facebook a jerk Messenger. move that is for me. My goodness. Did you? No, I don't see it on Facebook Messenger either. Did I not? Did I send it through text? How did you send me this thing? Is Alice the question Shattuck? of the day. You're Alice Shattuck, right? I am indeed. Okay, don't worry about it. I'll find it. But it was 9-11, and it was night, and everybody was, uh, we were kind of uh, mourning, and still, your mind is blown away, a little tipsy, and just talking, we met a bunch of people in the middle of, in the street in Beacon Hill, you know, young people, we were all in our 20s and 30s, and, and, and we were, we would just stop people and say, hey, uh, 
uh, uh, isn't this terrible or whatever? And they'd say, yes, it's terrible. And we'd all like mourn together. And and we were hanging outside of this brownstone. And um, and we were just loud. I guess we were loud. I don't know. There's probably 15 of us out there. It was a freaking ex- effed up day, you know, if, if, if you weren't there. Um, and, and we weren't in Manhattan or anything. I realized it was a little more effed up there. Um, so, uh, so anyway, this guy who owns a brownstone turns on the light and goes, guys, guys, can you please, can you please, um, just move from here? You're in front of my place here. I got to go to sleep. Okay. I got to work in the morning. Can you leave? Leave? And, and we're like, oh, okay, I can, we can move. One of the guys was drunk and he said, you know, screw you, man. You know what just happened? You know what just happened? You got attacked. Well, you didn't see it. And the guy's, guys, guys like, yeah, I saw what happened. I saw what I, I know. I know. I know. But I got to go to work in the morning. Can you just like move this party somewhere else? And the guy's like, F you. F you. The guy was with us, was very upset and was like, wanted to fight the guy. And the guy's like, um, and the guy's like, uh, what are you talking about? I don't want to fight. What are you doing? And the guy said, you just see, we got attacked, man. We got attacked. God damn. And, you know, that guy just wanting to go to bed had nothing to do with 9-11. But we were hurting. And we also had the chance to have combat with somebody right there. So in that guy, you know, was the brunt, you know, had to deal with that. It had nothing to do with him. It's such a bank shot to think, like, this guy's just trying to go to sleep. But we're suggesting that he's not complying and fully on board with the never forget 9-11 America, you know, is coming back, burning at, from the rubble. So we're like, so, you know, and that's that mentality, which is this mentality with with these masked zealots and the COVID people who are so quickly just looking for a fight for someone to blame in the, in the, found, the, the battlefield they found. You know, which is, you know, Gettysburg and Civil War. The Gettysburg now is masks. And that's the way they can do it. And they can fight. And it's social and all these other things to come down on you. And it's as if, just like the guy in the apartment, had something to do with the hijackers. (laughs) It's as if now we're all complicit in creating and uh, cultivating and preserving the pandemic. It's this weird thing where they got to blame somebody. You know, it would have been unthinkable unthinkable people even right after line of them weren't even saying that it was george bush's fault it would have been so distasteful but no the etiquette of 20 years ago that's gone people whatever it takes whatever it takes to put you know salve on the wound is it salve mm-hmm. or whatever kind of psychological psychological need these people have to feel good about them, validate themselves by calling you out as a murderer because it shows that there's just a well i think it's a way that people deal with randomness too. Like people can't handle it that there are risks out there that don't follow like, you know, bad things happen to good people. People can't handle the fact that sometimes bad things happen to good people. And we don't know why sometimes diseases just appear and there's not like, there's not someone to blame. It really like a lot of people lean very heavily psychologically Mm -hmm. on the concept that if good people all did what they were supposed to do and no bad people did bad things, then everything would have worked out properly and everything would have been good. You know, that it's, I mean, it's an infantile way of dealing with the world and interacting with the world, but it's the, it's the way a lot of people operate. I mean, you see it even like, this is a stupid example, but like if you, if you're a parent whose kids have allergies, um, then you've, experiences where you tell people your kid has allergies and they go like oh well did you not feed them organic food or have you tried free right. our kid used to be allergic to eggs and our neighbor asked me if um i'd tried free range eggs and i'm like no it doesn't matter 
the lifestyle of the chicken. Like he's just allergic. The protein in the egg causes an allergic reaction. Like, yeah. but that's the way that they react to because they can't handle the idea that allergies sometimes just happen to people and and no one knows why. And it's not related to something I did. Well, did you eat peanut butter during pregnancy or did you not? Like, oh yeah, you know, like they're trying to figure out what I did wrong that makes it. Or like Jacqueline was talking about with the COVID. Mm -hmm. Like the second she told people she had COVID, people go, oh, well, did you not wear a mask? Oh, well, did you Mm -hmm. do? Because people have a need, like a deep seated need to deal with their fears by figuring out what someone did wrong in order for something to happen to them. Oh, totally. If you say somebody, you know, my dad died of lung cancer. Oh, did he smoke? Yeah, for a while. Kind of had it coming. Yeah, a little bit. I don't. So it just, sorry about that, but Uh, but they're nuts. And so this is this woman on Facebook who she's gotten popular in the globe and whatever for, um, for posts about COVID. She's actually an oncologist speaking of mm-hmm. cancer. Yay. Um, uh, but she, um, she's been writing these posts and between that and before we get to it else, like there's this video that you see that they're in a Trump rally. This guy said, this guy went up to the people who were walking into the Trump rally, some without masks, saying, please wear a mask, please, and got down on his knees and said, please, you can have one. Please take it. I beg of you, please, for my life and your life, please. Spent his time driving out there to put on display himself on the ground in front of the person, <laughs> begging, please, for us, please, it's killing me. Jesus, get a freaking hold of yourselves. Get a hold of yourselves. <laughs> and more people are fed into it. I mean, up here in the blue state where where we are, Massachusetts, of course, you're about to hear somebody in the blue section of a blue state in Arlington, from Arlington, Massachusetts. And it's all it's it is. This is a religion. This is the thing where you got to put something on the Passover, right? What did they have to do? Put something on the door, or else the spirit would come and kill the kids or something. Yeah, you had to kill the Passover lamb. The pure sacrifice and and place the blood on the doorposts right to signify that you were you know one of the good ones right exactly and if not and then the angel of death would come and kill the firstborn Mm -hmm. in all the houses that didn't have that for those of you less judeo-christian it's the scene in ghostbusters when dan Aykroyd thinks about the stay puff marshmallow man when they're not supposed to be thinking about anything but he can't, and they all look at him, and they say, son of a, is they part of the puff management? All right, go ahead, Alice. Okay, so this is uh, Dr. Robin Schoenthaler. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Anyway, uh, hi, I'm back as Robin, the Boston cancer doctor who writes about COVID, and it's okay with me if you want to share. Today I'm going to talk about vaccines and tell a cautionary tale about holiday gatherings. As we proceed through the start of these dark days of huge increases in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. First of all, I'm going to start here. If you're somebody who sees that headline and feels a need to click through because you need some guidance and comfort, already you're a walking victim. You're you're a walking casualty who's limping along through life. Already, oh, there's a thoughtful piece in the globe. Let me just consume this as my uh, some of my primary media for the day and give me peace of mind or not. Sip on chamomile. Ugh. No, it's fear porn, really, is what it is. So, um... Uh, uh, dark days, huge increases in cases, hospitalizations, and death, and a thrill of hope has appeared in the form of vaccines. So far, the news about the vaccine's effectiveness is all good, but most of the information we've gotten has come from press releases. Fortunately, the real data, mountains of data, thousands of pages of data has been released to FDA scientists and analysts. On Thursday, December 10, 2020, this week, the FDA's main advisory committee will meet to review all this data and discuss granting an emergency use authorization to Pfizer's COVID Allison, vaccine. Alice, my dear? 
You want me to skip you know I love forward? You, right? Can we get to the part that okay. has to do with what we're talking about? So she talks about all this is very promising about the vaccine. Some people are going to get it probably as soon as next week. But clearly we have a light at the end of our tunnel, a long, winding, complicated 8 billion Facebook posts and news articles tunnel, but a light just the same. Now I'm going to tell you a personal story about my family's Thanksgiving. My young adult sons, Kenzie, 24, and Cooper, 21, live nearby and have been wonderfully COVID conscious from the start of the pandemic. Both kids work and study from their apartments. Both have small pods. Both have excellent COVID hygiene, particularly with me and anyone who falls into a high risk group. And both stayed mostly bubbled at home the last two weeks before Thanksgiving. Because of this, we agreed to have a science-based, as safe as we can make it, Thanksgiving following all the techniques I've about in my What a good time, by the way. Post. Hold on. What a good time that is. It really is. sucks enough. Imagine that. <laughs> We're going to have a science-based theme Thanksgiving with Kenzie. Um, Go back a little bit. We kept it small. What I, what I walked on else. I'll try to be silent. We kept it small. We kept it short. We kept the kitchen cooking time to a minimum. We kept the windows open. Hold on. Hold on. Speed through this. This is all good. <laughs> okay. We kept the Kitchen cooking time to a minimum. In other words, Kenzie, okay, in, out. Get 10 seconds. Go, 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 go. It's behind behind the eggs, Kenzie, behind the eggs. Don't just come out. Just come out. Forget it. Abort, abort, abort. Okay, Cooper, you're going to try to get the baking soda, okay? Okay, ready? Go, 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 Cooper. Cooper's got to make it back through the threshold in time, Cooper. Oh, oh thank God. Thank God. Okay. okay. So we preserve the science. Um, We kept the... Cooking time to a minimum. We kept the windows open and the fans. Cooking time to a minimum. Fans. Don't gloss on. over this, Alice. This is all gold. Wait, you already went through the kitchen cooking time Can, to a minimum. I know, but um, I'm not done with it. Can you go back to <laughs> okay. when she says she was going to have a scientific it, Thanksgiving, please? Because of this, we agreed to have a science based, as safe as we can make it, Thanksgiving, following all the so techniques it me, it's I wrote science about. Based, in my by the way, it is book. so how 2020 patting yourself in the back on. Back on. Kenzie? What do you think? Should we have Thanksgiving? Well, Mom, why don't we do a science-based this year? Well done, <laughs> Coop. What do you think? Yeah, we'll do science-based. Guys, we'll have a science-based Thanksgiving. Wow, I like that. You know what? Let's lean into it. Lean into it. Somebody said lean into it in a meeting the other day. I almost threw myself <laughs> out of the third floor window. Um. Okay. Science-based Thanksgiving. Science-based Thanksgiving. Short time in the kitchen. <laughs> um. We kept right. it small. We kept it short. Um, sorry, where was I? <laughs> I like the short. We kept it small. We kept it short. Short cooking times. It doesn't matter. Just undercook it. Just undercook it. Okay, <laughs> just get the bird out. It doesn't matter. It's cold, mom. Get it out, Kenzie. <laughs> we kept the kitchen cooking time to a minimum. We kept the windows open and the fans on. Jesus. <laughs> um, we ate. Isn't the- this awesome? <laughs> yes. Can you please grab pass the gravy sickle, please? <laughs> Kenzie, you've been uh, stationary now for more than thirty seconds. Switch with Cooper. I don't think it's allowed to switch. I don't think that's allowed because that person was occupying that air, breathing oh, yeah, that's in right. a minute ago. That's Cooper. You're done eating. Okay, thank you. Please throw your chair on the bonfire and anything else you touched for the evening. <laughs> okay. Um, we ate dinner in two adjacent rooms. <laughs> with each of us seated about 10 feet from each other. And we stayed masked the entire time, except when actively putting food in our mouths. I.e., <laughs> we were masked between servings or when oh chatting my. during the meal. Good for you, Kenzie. Good for you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It all went perfectly. Well, there you go. Perfect. That's f- so there you go. That's the end of the story. They had a great Thanksgiving. But then. The, what? 
But then. No. A Trump then. fan came in and coughed COVID all over the, <laughs> their Schoenfelds. On Saturday. Schoenthalers, I believe. Okay. okay. Um, but then. Dun, dun. But then. On Saturday morning, while I was walking with a friend at the Pope John Paul Park south of Boston, Kenzie texted me saying, so I have bad news. Uh Oh, no. No, Kenzie. No. Did you linger in the kitchen too long? <laughs> Half a minute later, he sent a second text that read, I feel horrible. I knew instantly what it was. He was sick with COVID. Which By meant- the way, Kenzie, I like how like mama's boy that is. I have bad news. Awaits 30 seconds <laughs> to drop more. <sighs> well, I assume he's probably, how old did she say they were? 21 and 24? Mm-hmm. They're on her health insurance, so they probably have to check, so... with, check in with her. Um, Okay, so he says, I have bad news. I knew instantly what it was. He was sick with COVID, which meant he had been contagious at Thanksgiving. It was probably the most terrible moment I've ever had as a parent. I bent over on the walkway, and I just could not stand up. Jesus Christ. All I could think was why, oh, why didn't we just skip Thanksgiving this year? Why? And now it is too late. Hold on, Alice. You can't. Okay. She's bent over on the walkway. Right, at with Pope her friend. John Paul Park in south of Boston. Okay. With Do you know friends. where that is? Where is that? I don't know where okay. Pope John Paul Park <laughs> south of Boston is. Okay. Um, but she's bent over now. Oh, my God. Imagine. I can't believe it. I mean, uh, uh, 75 million people have up. gotten COVID, and Kenzie's one of them now. Incredible. And Kenzie this- can't. Doesn't has an incredibly low likelihood of being seriously right. ill or dying Kenzie's because be he's twenty years old. Right, Kenzie is safe, safer having COVID than he is driving out the car. That's, that's Certainly fun. safer than he is from the flu. The she flu is over. more dangerous. She's doubled over in the walkway and she can't stand. Maybe up. you should have had a good Thanksgiving, Mom. You know, considering uh, she could have given it to him at Thanksgiving. Frankly, that's rough. lingering around the kitchen. Maybe your window wasn't quite open enough. <laughs> by the way, quite open enough. Did you use a HEPA filter? Probably mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, short cooking times? How short? Not short enough, apparently. Okay. So, um, Kenzie? Kenzie felt horrible. She knew instantly what it was. She's been over on the walkway. She could not stand up. All I could think was, why, oh, why didn't we just skip Thanksgiving this year? Why? And now it is too late to stop whatever tsunami is coming our way. So, how beautiful is this, first of all? <laughs> how do we know that Kenzie got think? got it at the house no How she's she... saying she thinks he was contagious already at the house okay so what but why did we skip thanksgiving so so, so that she's afraid she's gonna get it now yeah or cooper i assume her because she's not 20 but okay. i mean i don't know how old so she she's is or what okay. maybe she has some kind of risk factor or oh that maybe, is cruel or then. maybe her like why did i let that little diseased bastard <laughs> into my house like he should have stayed at um Okay, so the tsunami is coming her way. The rest tsunami, the actual weather event, because I have heard it's down too near late to stop the Pope tsunami John Paul the Second Park, south of Boston, the waves are big. Okay, uh, the rest of Kenzie's texts confirmed my fears. He was sick with a fever and body aches and a headache, and he lost his sense of smell and taste. And he tested COVID positive later that day. It was a very bad day. This is exactly how COVID spreads. A person like my beloved son can have COVID and have no symptoms at all, not a single clue for several days before getting sick. A person can be contagious like my beloved son on Thanksgiving Day and then 
not get any symptoms at all until Saturday while his mom is walking in a park. This is exactly why we were... Did you say what park, by the way? uh, The John Paul... Pope John Paul Park south of Boston. This is exactly why we were so meticulously careful about our Thanksgiving. We knew it was possible one of us could be that asymptomatic, contagious person. Not likely, not even probable. Kenzie had and has no sick contacts. He had only shopped carefully at a couple of large stores. All of us had been mostly at home for the previous two weeks. We had no reason at all to think any of us had already caught COVID, but we couldn't be sure. So we followed the science and opened the windows and turned on the fans and sat far from each other and masked up pretty and much COVID every moment. Didn't give a fuck. We didn't that have a fork shocking. in our mouths. Oh, you got to clean, clean that up in the video, can you? That's okay. No, I'm not going to clean it up. All right. YouTube is going to be not cleaned up. As it turned out, the science worked. Coop and I have remained COVID negative and asymptomatic. And I consider him my negative. only remaining son now. And Kenzie, Kenzie is dead to me. Kenzie had a rough week, but is getting better. We're all getting better. The science worked. <laughs> the science worked. But was it worth it? Was my gathering my little family together for some pumpkin pie and whatnot worth it? Was it worth it to have Kenzie feeling what he called DEFCON 1 guilt about potentially exposing us? So she's guilty that Kenzie felt guilty that Kenzie might have exposed her. Why not just have your kids over for Thanksgiving and then lighten up about them potentially giving you COVID? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I, I mean, would say. Like, <laughs> Where was Kenzie supposed to be, by the way? What was he out doing? By the way? He got that. I, don't uh, know. I would say that maybe her sons aren't quite as COVID conscious. as. Don't say that about Kenzie. She is so proud of bragging about them on the internet and says they are. I don't know. Um, was it worth it? He had DEFCON 1 guilt about potentially exposing us. Was it worth the discomfort of having to tell his contacts they needed to be tested and then go into 10 days of quarantine? Was it worth all the 4 a.m. awakenings, the test result anxiety, the constant texting each other, checking on symptoms while living through that first week of absolute uncertainty about how things were going to turn out? Am I ever going to hold another Thanksgiving in the middle of a global pandemic or Christmas? Absolutely not. No possible way. Not a bit. Not a chance. And I'm never going back to that Pope John Paul Park place again. <laughs> Oh, they're going to be devastated, <laughs> the rest of the people. Hashtag. Is the lady bent over still here today? Hashtag. She, uh, <laughs> hashtag. Cancel Christmas. Hashtag. Halt Hanukkah. Hashtag. Wear the mask. Okay. Uh, hashtag. Get a psychologist. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Ridiculous. The same person, by the way, posted one of our other posts. Current estimates find that for every 10% of people who are non-compliant with COVID etiquette, mask and distancing, there are 100,000 new cases. So there you go. And because one of you somewhere listening was non-compliant for a nanosecond, maybe this Thanksgiving you, there was a window that wasn't open, or you spent a lot of time in a kitchen where you should, be, you should have been short cooking sessions, and you, you weren't in separate rooms, maybe you gave Kenzie the COVID Possibly. Terrible. Terrible. But thankfully, um, that woman, best to her, by the way. I hope Kenzie's all right. I just don't understand how Kenzie got COVID since he was following science. Because I thought that if you followed science Mm -hmm. that you couldn't get COVID. Right. He did everything right. He's he social distance. He had the 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 most horrific Thanksgiving in the history of, of meals. <laughs> uh, her mom went to the right park with the right kind of people. 
They voted for Biden. They've got the lawn signs. They did everything right. And COVID got him just like he got Trump. That is ugh, that is doesn't seem right. That is yeah. Ridiculous. Republicans are supposed to get COVID and exactly people that don't stay home and things like that. Yeah, not- Scott Baio can get COVID. That is good. That is right, and uh, Tony. And you're allowed to wish for them to die too, Republicans. It's required to wish for them <laughs> to die, even if you're a doctor. But you know, uh, some people are uh, super cautious. Thank God, thank God, and we'll make sure that COVID stops in its tracks. Like Dr. Fauci, who got a phone call from California and assured them, yes, if you just simply power down the livelihoods of every single Californian, it'll go away. I have been in discussion with the health authorities from the state of California who called me and asked, you know, they said, we feel we need to do this. What do you think? And I said, you know, you really don't have any choice when you have the challenge to the healthcare system, you've got to do something like that. Right. So start re-arresting all the surfers that you started arresting in, in April, and then it'll go away. It's too serious Studies over there. Studies show that for every surfer who surfs alone in the ocean, a kitten somewhere dies, and 20 more people get COVID. That's for, just science. <laughs> that is, no, that is absolutely right. Unless, of course, you're at French Laundry with a bunch of people, friends who are in the healthcare uh, industry. Um, so, uh, speaking of Republicans, mm-hmm. um, I know we've been pretty tough on our Republican governor here. Yes. I think uh, because he's he's been shutting a lot of stuff down, generally. Mm-hmm. He's been very big into following the science and, like, our mask mandate is ridiculous and all this stuff. However, however, he is very dedicated to actually following what the experts are telling him. So, recently, like, the CDC lowered the amount of time they think you have to quarantine down to, like, eight days. And... Um, Baker lowered our state's required amount of quarantine. It's down to eight days now, too. And uh, people are extremely unhappy about this uh, because he's. they have discovered right. now that they thought he was good, mm-hmm. one of the good ones back in March. But unfortunately, he's, he's just like Trump and all right. the rest of them. He wants all the people in Massachusetts to die. He's evil. He's a Republican. Anything for money. And he's uh, condemned us all to death uh, by COVID because um, the exactly. CDC changed their recommendations. So I'm just going to read you a sampling of some of the... I, I mean, I do... It's hard to feel bad for him, but I do feel a little bit bad for him because, you know, he's been taking so much heat from the right, basically screaming at him nonstop that he's a dictator and a tyrant and just gets off on shutting down businesses and destroying people's livelihoods. But now, like... The people that loved him for all that are now also hate him. Oh, so, yeah. So he is, he's not going to be governor again in 2020. I mean, he probably, there was speculation he might run a third term, but anyway. Um, so let's see. We have, um, it is incomprehensible, Ashish uh, Ja urges mass governor Charlie Baker to tighten COVID 19 restrictions as virus cases surge. That's in the Boston Globe. Um, this. They're also salty at him that uh, you know hospitals now have to are having to uh, cut other services, some non-emergency services, mm-hmm. in, in preparations for a COVID uh, surge. At the same time, bars are allowed to be open in some parts of the state. That's the bitching. That's right. Happening. So um, this one person on Twitter says, "If Massachusetts were its own country, we would have the highest COVID death rate in the world." Didn't care about that back in March, but okay. Charlie Baker thinks it's okay that our infection rate continues to spiral out of control and that we've effectively had a genocide in Massachusetts-assisted living facilities. She probably doesn't realize that she's um, in agreement with Howie Carr here. 
liberal Massachusetts residents fetishize the idea of, of the reasonable Republican and somehow think that Charlie Baker is any different from the other snakes because he thought Trump was uncouth. This is an effing tragedy. Going to keep clogging the notifications of the governor so they don't have a moment's peace until they do something about this. My vulnerable parents live in the top three high-risk cities and my sister has to work. If they get it, they will die. We have no way of protecting ourselves. There are many families in situations like this in poor communities where they caught COVID because they didn't have a choice to be able to protect themselves. The deaths are all on you. It's all your fault. <laughs> you don't deserve peace. Do something. Jesus. This is because... Do some- this is the do something. This is the get out here and get drunk with us in the streets because it's 9-11 because right. you have to perform something just do something like we are but this is because they loved him when he was shutting down the state in march which is when the highest death rate in the world happened Mm -hmm. and they hate him now because he followed the cdc recommendation to shorten the quarantine time like that's that's what this is about just for context um let's see here's someone i just woke up but from what i hear charlie baker just got up in front of everyone and said hey guys i have no idea what i'm doing here his holidays are different because this. Restaurants are different because that explanation is not even pseudoscience. It's a complete ass Paul like hearing a kid. If I have no analogy here, my brain is broken. I can't think of a good one. It's pissing me off. You're a horrible person and completely ineffectual, and it's a wonder the entire state hasn't gone under in a coughing fit due to your absolutely useless but taking up space in the state house. Can't privatize your way out of this one, Chucko. <laughs> That's great. Charlie Baker making awful COVID decisions. Yeah, he's a Republican, all right. He already tanked half the businesses. 40% of the businesses are... So progressives that are mad about businesses being surviving, Mm -hmm. there's only 60% of them that are are alive right now. I'm sure that'll get be down to 50 or 40% soon, so don't worry about it. Don't worry. He's going to kill the businesses still. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Baker, COVID-19 is entirely the fault of asymptomatic young people who go out and party and spread it to older people. Also, Charlie Baker, if you're asymptomatic, you don't have to quarantine. You should go back to work and spread it to all your coworkers and customers. No. That's, that's I think, exactly what he said, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> By the way, it's still amazing to me, with all the contact tracing, no cases came out of all the riots and protests this summer. No cases. It is miraculous how this thing works. It's amazing. It's how really this- great beautiful in fact um here we have uh, someone with a rose emoji in their twitter handle which if you don't know means are socialist oh does um, it i yeah. didn't know that is that yeah. the um bread and roses thing i don't know exactly what it's from but it means you're a socialist if you're a rose emoji person oh nice kind of like the yang people have the blue hat emoji and the I tulsi the... people have the flower and like oh, i didn't know that jeez yeah uh the kamala people have a b because it's mm-hmm. a k hive get it anyway um uh, this person says, the rose emoji person says, Charlie Baker is refusing to act to help Massachusetts residents stay home and then blaming them for the rise in COVID cases. We need an eviction ban and rent and mortgage assistance, relief for restaurants and small businesses, and an end to transit cuts, which has a lot to do with it, I think. And then somebody else says, so Charlie Baker's backtracking. He did okay with COVID in March, which, by the way, is when all the people died. Right. But now he's choosing money over people. We are having a surge that is overwhelming our hospitals and our frontline heroes. We need help. And if the feds won't do it, you need to do something. Hashtag Trump virus death toll 283K. <laughs> yeah, that person's thinking clearly. That person also stopped walking in Paul, and sorry, Pope John Paul II Park, south of Boston. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, one of the problems with all this stuff is, of course, that the health people themselves don't seem to – they seem to toggle from total total emergency to 
No, we're over it. So you got Andrew Cuomo. He toggles from this is the end of times to selling a book and posters. Hey, you know, even Fauci is happy to go out there and uh, do a soft shoe for people in any any setting. He is available. <laughs> Fauci is available. Here's Fauci and Cuomo. This is yesterday, I think. You know, yucking it up together. I think your voice on saying that the vaccines are safe uh, would be important. I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine <laughs> to, uh, to, you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern-day can... uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whenever, whichever you want. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. <laughs> Fauci I'll and Pacino. Cuomo, I'll give you a friend. But who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want I to be? I love them both. <laughs> I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. So Cuomo's doubled Who's over like uh, All right. like uh, Stephanie there in the middle of uh, Pope John Paul II Park, <laughs> south of Boston. The, the yucks, it's incredible how everything's okay. No refrigerator trucks are gone. They've, the the stuff in the Staten Island or whatever, no, Rikers Island, all of the pits, et cetera. Well, right. I mean, remember Chris Cuomo had it too, and then he was out and about. His wife was saying she cured it with her essential remarkable. oils. Hey, last question. I know you're down in Washington. You're doing great duty, but oh, I know... Oh, good. This will be a good health-related question because we'll need some guidance from the most important man in healthcare. <laughs> I know you miss New York. Uh, what... We want to figure out what to send you from Christmas for Christmas. What food do you miss the most that you can't get down there that you could get if you were back here in New York and Brooklyn? That's a tough one because some a-hole closed all the restaurants in the state and uh, they've all gone out of business. So that'll be tough. Can we move the choices to um, uh, Florida? <laughs> you know, Governor, whenever I need some comfort food and I dream back of my days in the Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn, the thing that comes to my mind are two things. A nice Nathan hot dog. <laughs> you know, that's a guy who hasn't been back home for 50 years. That's <laughs> and a guy, he's happy not to be back oh, home. Oh, yeah, that's a guy who lives in Washington, D.C., You know, goes to those restaurants. He is the, the Bensonhurst guy is gone. He may have seen like Nathan hot dogs in some documentary He's heard about that the forties or something. New York. Yeah, he doesn't know. Like, what's in the brochure? What do they eat in New York? I'm, I don't go there anymore. Yeah, Nathan's he doesn't miss anything about New York mainly. <laughs> like most people, don't miss anything about New York. Hey, did you not get it, Doctor Fauci, with all the with other Fauci, Cuomo, De Niro, Pacino stuff? So, what's his second thing? He no, he it, they, they cut off there. Oh. That was that was it. But you know the 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 idea is in a Cuomo skit. Go by the hints. You're supposed to pick an Italian food. Mm. He gave him Pacino and De Niro. Pick De Niro's restaurant, for goodness sake. He's got a Tribeca grill Actually, like, the iconic New York foods that I think of are, like, the deli, like, the Jewish foods, like, the mm. um, bagels. They're, the Jewish and... population is in trouble in New York. Cuomo, oh, yeah. Cuomo oh, yeah. Is, you can't bring that up to Cuomo. He you is can't not say, happy with You him. can't say that and you Blasio, want, like... yes. A pastrami uh, yes. or something. They're yeah. currently being pursued yeah. in the streets. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's fine. They're checking their schools. Trump held a Bible up in lists. front of a church, so don't worry about people running after Jews. And that's fine. It's, that's that's not a, um, a a throwback to anything. Um, so this is the, the the whole thing is 
like you wonder now, and it's almost brainwashing and gaslighting constantly because you wonder. We're told almost that that yes, first of all, we wear masks and we do the distancing thing when we're out. We break some right. rules as well. We don't eat with the windows open in separate rooms. <laughs> we don't wear masks out right. in the woods by ourselves. Right. So I don't. <laughs> I don't want people to think that. We're, but we that go we're, to, when we go to the store. We wear masks. Yes. All that stuff. Yes. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I also don't spit on people. <laughs> um, but but here's the thing is that now I'm going to let Andrew Ferguson say this is from the commentary podcast and he crystallizes so perfectly what's happening. First of all, the economic harm that we've done to ourselves is one we haven't really felt the full force of it yet. We're going to fo- Well, feel- certain people haven't felt it. Some people oh, well, feel it. Well, well, right. But I'm saying that as a country, we haven't seen the real result of having the bottom fall out like this mm-hmm. uh, as yet. Some people certainly are, are, are feeling it. And you can see these poor businesses left and right are going under. But this is Andrew Ferguson on the commentary uh, podcast today talking about the economic problem and wondering what the hell exactly we're paying this grand price for. I've been underestimating the, um, quite apart from the politics, the permanent economic damage that comes from shutting down places like the restaurant in Sherman Oaks and so on. There's this uh, phenomenon they call scarring in, in labor economics, which means people essentially losing jobs and then not just sort of waiting around to get another job or looking for another job, but they just drop out of the labor force altogether. And evidently the sophisticated reading of the numbers last week where the the unemployment rate dropped by what a percentage, one tenth of a percentage point, um, is actually evidence of this phenomenon happening on a very large scale that people are simply leaving the labor force, which we saw after the huge recession in 08 and 09. Um, but this is seems to me to be, <laughs> it's almost a voluntary kind of self-inflicted wound that we're having here for dubious results. The thing that strikes me over and over again is nobody knows how this virus behaves. Nobody knows how this virus behaves. Mm -hmm. That is the absolute truth. We don't know. We don't know. So before, you know, writing long tomes about Pope John Paul II parks out of Boston (laughs) and yelling at your neighbors about killing each other and all these other things... We don't know. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. There are so many freaking anomalies happening around the globe that we don't know. I know it feels good, and it's so easy to simply just blame Trump or now blame Charlie Baker now that he's a bad guy again, whatever. But we don't We don't know. Like we've been saying, we do know what happens when you destroy somebody's livelihood and their lives and everything mm-hmm. that they are, all of their dreams. We do know what happens. We don't know how this thing behaves. You can right. open every freaking window all you want to and make sure that all the people are in the kitchen cooking for short amount of time, amounts of time and ride your bike with your mask and beg people, etc. But at the end of the day, we have no idea. But we're still pulling the cord in the suicide vest here. We know that there is no question what happens when you do that. Right. I mean, it's the whole, it's the Seth Moulton thing again. Like, well, we in Massachusetts, we beat the virus. And Cuomo saying he beat the virus and stuff. And Fauci saying New York did everything right, you know, while they're telling telling us that Florida is getting what was coming to them because right. they didn't follow the rules. And now that it's spiking back up here again, why? Why is it spiking in, in the Northeast again? 
And I've said this before that people that I trust who look at the data are saying that the biggest correlation has nothing to do with any policy, but has to do with the temperature outside. And when you have days that a lot of days that it's too hot to go outside in the American South over the summer or too cold to go outside, which is the Northeast up here, people spend more time indoors. And when you spend more time indoors, the risk of catching COVID is higher, you know, and you, we could have a very big spike here. Mm-hmm. It's They're already saying um, Massachusetts is one of very few states that put in a project where they're tracking the numbers in the sewer system of virus. So they can actually see. Jesus, what a job. So they're taking samples in the north of the state and the south of the state of the amount of virus in the sewer system, which they see it when people are asymptomatic. So they see it before the spikes happen. And hmm. so regardless of how much like testing there is, you can see like comparatively how many cases you have compared to back in the spring because we didn't have as many tests in the spring, but we did have these sewage numbers. So you can compare. And what they have fa- what they're saying right now is that we have more cases in the community per capita right now than we did in April. In wow. the state. So based on those numbers. And so, I mean, thankfully, the survival rate is higher than it was in April, fortunately, because we know a lot more now about treating the virus just, you know, because practically doctors have had more experience now dealing with it. But um, but it, it has gone way up here. And that's not because any there was any major policy change. You know, it's not because it doesn't track to when schools reopened. It didn't happen in September. It didn't happen in October. It didn't happen, you know, right after Thanksgiving. It it started in like mid to early November and it's following the track up. And why is it following that track? Probably because people started spending more time indoors. You know, it's going back up in New Hampshire now. It's that's that's the biggest factor that they think is that data scientists think is related it's also a big reason why in europe for example um they had less of the virus in the summer there than we did here because what don't they use a lot of in europe even in the summer when there's huge heat waves uh conditioned air yes conditioned air they do not use as much so when it's super hot out they don't go indoors as much as we do so that's why they Mm. had less of the virus in the summer when in the U.S., when it gets hot, we turn on the AC and we all go inside. We don't hang around outside. <laughs> but um, yeah, very interesting. Let's, let me finish the, the Andrew okay. Ferguson uh, cut. And you know, I was looking at the Times uh, map of the nation yesterday, the COVID map, and it's just this sea of red. You know, every every place is on fire. And then you look down onto the right lower corner, and there's Florida. And it's yellow and orange. For some reason, Florida is not on fire the way it was supposed to be when DeSantis came in and started trying to lift all of the the COVID restrictions. Um, Meanwhile, other warm weather states like Arizona are um, going up in flames. Nobody knows why this is happening. And the idea that you can risk something major, a major body blow to the labor force on the grounds of of uh, prudence when nobody knows what we're protecting against just strikes me as kind of nuts yeah mm-hmm. completely agree it's kind of nuts and to right. rush to these to rush to these you know i i've i've been saying to me it seems like they're just these health leaders and elected leaders are simply saying you guys go hide in the basement while we try to fight this unknown thing. Right. 
And you say, but but why? We have no. I don't know if if that's going to save us. We don't know if it cares about bases. We don't know whatever. It's just and they say that gives us the best chance of mm-hmm. just get out of the way, so you don't. You're not more part of the problem. We fight it. I wish they would enunciate it as such. Right. Well, but that's almost like what Baker, what the, these people are saying to Baker right now, right? Is like he took the CDC recommendation to lower the amount of quarantine time. It's now down to eight days. And they all are freaking out like, we have so many dead people. You have to do something. You have to shut down again. You have to do more. And, you know, I've criticized him a lot. But on this one, he's right. He's following the evidence, actually, and saying, mm-hmm. I don't know that shutting down these businesses and essentially what he has said is that when we do our contact tracing, people are getting it, you know, hanging out at their friend's house. They're not getting it in a store or in a restaurant. So it's not justified to shut down the restaurants. But these people do not care. They just want him to shut down the restaurants because they want him to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Even if it does nothing, they don't right. care. It's do something. It's also do something that most conservatives hate, too. Right, because Trump wants businesses open. Right. They want them closed. And, you know, in in March, they were telling us we should all go patronize Chinese-owned businesses or right. we were Trump racist mean, because yeah. Trump didn't want to um, have the virus. So, you know, it, it it's purely just theatrics and assuming a posture based on politics because that is their religion. All right, it's a religious Alice. belief. I completely agree. So there are religious beliefs, and then there are pagan uh, beliefs, like Santa Claus, right? That's a pagan belief, right? No. It's not? Oh, that a religious belief? St. Nicholas is a saint of the early church. Oh, okay. Damn. Cough that one up, huh? Yeah. I believe he lived in, like, the 300s. Okay. Well, St. Nicholas, as I was saying, who's a patron saint, if you didn't know, Alice, of the Orthodox Church... Not of all Orthodox. He's a of, saint of the Orthodox. He's one of the saints. Mm-hmm. Of one the of the Orthodox. Another one was saints, Pope right? John Paul II Park. He's not uh, an Orthodox saint. So, um, so this is Santa. <laughs> this is just something that's posted on Twitter that's great. Just in case you think that, I mean, obviously with COVID and, and the election and all everything going on in 2020, it's brought out the premier, the top level jerks are all out there it's not just <laughs> not just Kenzie um but it, but uh there's this thing this kid there's this footage of this kid going to mall Santa and he's like uh he's ready to ask him for the present he wants so listen it's just hard to hear I'll try to talk you through it so this little kid mom puts the little kid on the little chair next to Santa and it, it, the Santa asks the kid what he wants what he said, what? And the kid said, I want a Nerf gun. No, I, no, no guns. No guns, says Santa. Santa says no yes, guns? he says no guns. No, not even a Nerf gun. The kid said, but it's a Nerf gun. Santa says, not even a Nerf gun. No, if, you, if, if your dad wants to get it for you, that's fine, but I can't bring it to you. Well, what else would you like? Lots of other toys. There's Legos, there's bicycles, there's cars and trucks. What do you think? Now the kid's melting down. He's starting to cry because Santa... Just told him. ...couldn't get a Nerf gun. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Now he's crying. Oh. Now Santa's empathizing with him. <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry. Nice work, Santa. 
Just wanted a Nerf gun. That's it. Santa shuts him down. Sally Shattuck is here. Sally, are you going to ask for a Nerf gun for Christmas? Because Santa doesn't deliver those, just so you know. Tell your brothers so they know. <laughs> uh, isn't that wonderful? I mean, that that tells me that the world might be all right because like, your your uh, standard stock and trade a-holes are out and about as usual. And they're dressing as Santa this year, which is just put too perfect. Oh. Um. Uh, what else did I have? That's a good one. Have they not seen a Christmas story? Or what? It's too good, isn't it? <laughs> Shoot your eye out, kid. Um, it, the uh, the New Yorker. Um, this guy named Steve Cole has a um interview with Casey. What's the Casey? What's her name? I like her. She's Hunt. That one? Yes, Casey Hunt. Okay. And this guy in the New Yorker. They have this discussion about Facebook and how fa- the problem is. Is that Facebook allows too many alternate voices, fake newsy opinions mm-hmm. on there? In other words, conservative opinions <laughs> on there. And he thinks this guy Steve Call from the New Yorker magazine thinks that you know something has to be done because the message that the the establishment news is trying to use to convince people is not working. That's why the election went so badly for them this year. You can't uh get away from the fact that their mission is to connect everybody in the world that's what motivates mark zuckerberg and it has it's his passion and he profoundly believes in free speech and you know those of us in journalism uh, have to come to terms with the fact (laughs) that free speech a principle that we hold sacred is being weaponized against uh, the principles of journalism and what do we do about that I just say, you know, as... as re- There's all sorts of speech happening. We're trying to tell people all they need to know and the only thing mm-hmm. they need to know, but there's all sorts of speech everywhere. It's diluting our message. No free speech kind of for Christmas, says Santa. March into this war with our facts uh, nobly shouldered as if they were going to win the day. And what we're seeing is that because of the scale of this alternate reality that you've been talking about, our facts, our principles, our scientific method, it isn't enough. So what do we do? Our facts, all this reporting journalism that we've been doing for years and years, and especially the last four years, it's not taking with these morons in the country. Obviously, they must be speaking to each other freely or something here, rather <laughs> than just listening to us. You know, and that's why they keep, they won seats in Congress. All the work we put in, in the New Yorker, the New York Times, and CNN, all that hard work in the in Washington Post that we've put in to try to tell them how to think, to try to shame them into thinking, just like, just how we tell them to think, it's all for naught. They're still not learning. These idiots still aren't learning how good and right we are, idiots. So now we have to get rid of Facebook, because Zuckerberg's just letting them talk to each other. He just profoundly believes in free speech. Right. Casey uh, Hunt. Um, your thoughts about the guy who wants free speech to be taken away from the people. All right, Steve Cole, thank you so much. Excellent job, Casey. Excellent job. It's free. wonderful. Wonderful. Alice, what is the breakdancing story? Do you have, did I send that to you? Yeah, it's an Olympic sport, you said? Oh, yes, breakdancing. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is so awesome. I would rather have Thanksgiving dinner with Kenzie, Cooper, and Mom. With the windows open, spending only 11 seconds in the kitchen each per time in separate rooms, then watch the Olympics on a good... If I, if my own daughter, Sally Shattuck right there, was in the Olympics, I would not want to watch the Olympics. It's horrible enough. Now you're adding <laughs> breakdancing to the Olympics. 
Now, there's something part of this. I mean, obviously, that's horrific. <laughs> that said, it is a good way to just blow the whole thing up. Why not have breakdancing? Why not? I want this. How's the Olympics thing go? Here we go. He's been training for this his whole life. He said that he's this is this performance is dedicated to his grandmother who actually knitted him his parachute pants before he went out there. And that's why this is so and he just nailed it. He nailed the worm bill. He nailed the worm. I like the idea of the guys being um the guys from Breaking or Breaking 2, which is if you're in on that is what this music is from, being the uh, MCs. So, I have a question yeah. though. Um so maybe you, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but was breakdancing in fact a competitive thing? I mean, is there is there like an a whole world Hello? of like the competitive breakdancing circuit? Like, do you need did- to see my broken down refrigerator <laughs> box from the Sally? Go down to the basement, please. There's a refrigerator box that's broken. I have kind of a Gilligan hat and a white. Adidas sweatsuit and bright white Adidas sneakers. I'll need all of those, please. And I'm going to show. <laughs> is there a competition? No. So is there like? Are there already like competitive breakdancers? I'm starting to wonder. Can... <laughs> now, <laughs> Do it's, I it starts to. It's starting to occur to me that maybe you haven't seen Breaking Two, but is it possible that you haven't seen Breaking One? <laughs> I do not know you. All I know about breakdancing is like from middle school dances. You're missing the fine. Where the, like it's um, you so, know, like somebody would decide to break dance, and then like like a little crowd would gather around yes. them in a circle. <laughs> like yes, that's, that's it was all everything. I, that's all I what know about. It? And the people who are all at Lexington in high school, there were not a lot of people who are really talented break dancers. Yeah, well, there was <laughs> but, um, <laughs> there was a, a, in in my school, and I was in Winchester. We all tried to do the um. Um, like I could moonwalk, so I had like I was a pudgy pasty kid, like moonwalking. It was my parents must have been thrilled. Badly moonwalking, by the way, because real break dancing takes some talent, I assume. But um, yeah, don't. It was not. It, we had essentially in our elementary school, um, we had a black kid there who was a black guy who was a awesome guy, and um, he was probably the most loved kid in the school. Just a great guy, and we still love him. And we like we we the whites. No, <laughs> he's just he's just a well done. Good I, work. So what this. I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is this: is that it's like this is. I don't know the black experience. Obviously, I didn't live it, mm-hmm. but this was the lily white town of Winchester, and you better believe. Did he live in Winchester? Yeah, or was he grew he? up in Winchester. Oh, okay. he, was, he was like everybody else. No, Winchester. he wasn't like a Metco program. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. This was a kid who lived in Winchester, and and in this t- tells you like I. Like I said, I had not lived the experience, mm-hmm. but guess who was expected to know how to break dance and be good at it? <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Poor dude, he must have been like Jesus. That's, yeah. Do you, there have to be any more fads mm-hmm. that star black people? So I have to be. The most, most <laughs> yeah, we had the same. And we were like, yeah, we had, he's like, the best, and he's like, I don't, I don't even know if he was the best, but he was like, yeah, great. Yeah. I have these really white kids all expect me. Because they watched... Um, yeah, we had two kids at, in my grade in my middle school of about 90 kids that were... We had Metco program students as well, yeah. but we had two kids in the, my middle school that actually lived in Lexington that were black. Um, and, yeah. And yeah, everything like that. Like, the, if we needed... You know, to find somebody who could rap something or break right, dance, right. Or, or like, like it was drum the worst. Or it was the worst. 
I'm sorry. I apologize yeah, for that. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I. But now he's getting phone calls, of course, from his friends probably apologizing for not seeing him. You yeah. know, since the Black Lives Matter thing happened this year, it's like, geez, I can't get away from these people. Just please yeah, leave me alone. Yeah, he's one of the people right? writing, uh, alone. writing articles now about, like, please don't text me to yeah. ask me how I'm doing because right. uh, I was some... doing fine. I'm <laughs> trying to get over the fact that you made me break dance in 1985. <laughs> Just leave me the freak alone, okay? Speaking of 1985, Alice, so this is an odd day because right now. It's... Okay, so, but wait, do you know, is there competitive break dancing? Like now? In the in the U.S., is there like a competitive breakdancing well, circuit? Well, sadly, I've had to go semi-pro myself. <laughs> you know, I'm still on the circuit. So does that mean you can't be in the Olympics, or if you're a pro, like, do Are they really still have these that? Questions? Do they still have that where if you do something professionally, so you, you can't do it in the Olympics? If you're listening, please let us know. Send us all you know about breakdancing so Alice can be satiated with this. Stuff. Why? Do you not research these stories before you bring them on the pod? Oh, I, I didn't need to know much more about breakdancing. <laughs> Okay. So, um, well, I want to know. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Anyone, any of our list, I assume most of our listeners so there was, don't, aren't that into so Like I told you, that you'd get like an old, um, you'd get an old refrigerator box, you know, and flatten it and break dance on that because the pavement would hurt. That's how it was done. Really? But yeah, but they then sold mats, special break dancing mats. Mm-hmm. And the kid who sold them, the big pitch man for the big one, was a mm-hmm. um, kid who played Carlton. In Fresh Prince, <laughs> but back then he was um, just a young, like a ten-year-old, ten years old, whatever. I, I don't know how we got. Oh, talking do about you know this. what the other fad I remember from? It was probably a little bit earlier than that. I don't know if you all remember this, but there was a while where everybody had these like sticks, and there was like one long stick, like a baton, and there were like two sticks you would hold and like twirl the long stick. Do you remember this? They were like black, kind of rubberized it seems, sticks. <laughs> yeah, it seems familiar. I'm not sure. <laughs> that was probably more like when I was in elementary school. Kids who were older. Like, like middle school, high school had that. So probably more like the early to mid nineties, I'm thinking that probably was a thing. But I don't even know what that was called. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't remember that. No, the mid those... people would like do tricks with them. No, that's at least that seems at least <laughs> it requires coordination. Doesn't seem moronic. Well I see I assume breakdancing requires some coordination yes. too. <laughs> yeah. Oh was yeah, that's fine. I don't want to put this anymore. <laughs> um okay, so it's an odd day because today is not only is it Monday, Sally? But it's December 7th, which is the Pearl Harbor anniversary, obviously. And I th- thought about that today, and I told you it must have been odd to be working in and around Pearl Harbor, you know, delivering pizzas, whatever like mm-hmm. that was. And just always seeing these huge Goliath ships sitting in their carriers and battleships, beautiful big battle wagons, always serenely just floating in the water, floating in the water. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly one day, full blast guns ablazing on these things and Incoming fire. Right. I mean, I assume it was always tranquil there. And then suddenly you're in the biggest firefight ever known to any American, certainly. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. So my my deep takeaway is it was a tough day. That's what I'm thinking. I would say so. So uh, n- then that means tomorrow, which for a lot of people you listen one day after. But this is Monday night for us, so it's Tuesday morning. Whatever. That means tomorrow is the anniversary of John Lennon being shot, which is 40 years ago. 40 years ago, Alice. Quite a loss. We're gonna have to do something special for that tomorrow. Think about something. Okay. But also, like I said, it's also just Monday. So with that, we are gonna launch our first burn barrel podcast poll on the and Sally, you can listen in with your mother if you'd like to. There's probably another set of I don't know if they're plugged in them. You can try them if they work so. Uh the first burn barrel poll ever. Alice. Yes. Since it's Monday. Of the best songs that include <laughs> That's not a phone. I was going to see if it was actually 
That he found, uh, she found an empty. Um, I think Bud a Light remnant from our bottle. Thanksgiving episode under Uncle the Jimmy sofa. Jimmy was over, probably. I'll make sure to call him. I think it was a remnant from the Thanksgiving episode, probably. Oh yes, your sisters. That's also a big yes. episode. We'll have to get them back on else. Yes. Uh, all right. So the best songs about Monday. I've only got five here because I think I mean there are about twenty-five, but I've only got five here. Here we go. Number one. Monday, Monday, so good to me. Monday morning, it was all I hoped it would be. There we go, the Mamas and Papas, Monday, Monday, brilliant song. It was mm-hmm. John, is that John Phillips who married Michelle Phillips, whose daughter is River Phillips or whatever, who was in that other TV show in 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 the 80s, who you wouldn't know, Alice, but you would know. I think Phillips, the guy who wrote and sang that song, also wrote um, Welcome Back, Cotter. So there's another reference that you wouldn't know. All right. Good. Perfect. Here we go. <laughs> Good convo, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Mamas and Papas. By the way, Mamas and Papas Greatest Hits, or A Failure Well to Man's and Our, whatever it's called, Greatest Hits, it's worth getting. It's worth getting. Walking around some kind of lonely cloud Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Funny, but it seems. Carpenters, Rainy Days and Mondays, beautiful song. She's got a, quite a uh, voice, Alice. By the way, mm-hmm. I've just come up with a, a um, epiphone. Mm-hmm. Mamas and Papas, Mama Cass ate too much. Carpenters, Karen Carpenter ate too little, both died. Is that uh, um, distasteful? It's a little distasteful. I'm sorry about that. I apologize uh-huh. for that. All right, here we go. Alice, you ready? Okay. It's just another manic Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's my fun day. I don't have to run day. Dang right. Do you know who sings that, Alice? Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. That um, is that is the Bangles, Alice. That is the Bangles. And that is known to every man my age from 35 to 55 as the band with Susanna Hoffs in it. And that is a very important thing. Susanna Hoffs played a big role in many do of I our need to do a Google thoughts. image search? Susanna Hoffs, don't you? <laughs> sh- it's going to come up as having remembered the search. I can assure you. Um, it's going to say, welcome back, Tom, if you do. <laughs> Um, that song, Alice, written by whom? I guarantee you know the person. You know the person. I'll give you a hint. He's named after a spaghetti. <laughs> what? Name? <laughs> That's really? Can I try? Go ahead. Sorry. I don't know. Okay. Somebody named after spaghetti? He's named after a spaghetti brand. Oh, brand? Barella? Correct, Sally. <laughs> Prince wrote that song. She said... She oh, oh, sorry. Oh, well. Barilla. Yeah, the song is written by Barilla. <laughs> no, it's written by Prince Alice, who also is uh, deceased. So there you go. Three in a row. <coughs> okay, ready? Number four. This one you definitely won't know. This will be equally as fruitless. <laughs> I love my
at his new moon on Monday. Do you know the band, Alice? Nope. <laughs> it's actually Barilla. <laughs> new moon on Monday. <laughs> that is Duran Duran. Okay. <laughs> That's a very, you know, Duran Duran, um, they're really good. Are they? They were, <laughs> you seem enthused. <laughs> All right. All right. One last one, Sally. You ready? Okay. This guy's named after a uh, catering option. <laughs> Hold on. And darling, it's I look so. That's the reason I just let you go. Come Monday, it'll be alright. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze, and I just want you back by my side. That is Come Monday, Jimmy Buffett. So this is going to be <laughs> okay. There you go. Correct. This is going to be on our Twitter page, Alice. We're going to have a poll. It's going to be Monday, Monday with the Mamas and Papas. Rainy days and Monday by Karen Carpenter, the Carpenters. Uh, Manic Monday by the Bangles. New Moon on Monday by Duran Duran and Barilla. Correct. And Come Monday by Jimmy Buffet. And are uh, we um? Yeah. Are we going to do this for every day of the week now? I think we're screwed on Tuesdays. Monday is a big Goodbye, day. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Cutting a name on you. Maybe we'll do that until we drive every last person away. <laughs> I don't know any other Tuesday songs. So. I just want to. Well, but we don't do a Friday show because Fridays I'm in love. I actually like that song. Then we, maybe we'll have to do a Friday show then for that. Especially for a Friday. There's probably a lot of Friday songs actually. Not I would Friday. say so. It's Friday night just got paid, right? This was the Burn Barrel Podcast. Monday night, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I guess we'll put the poll up there at Burn Barrel Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Um, Parlor at How Bar- excited are you, by the way? <laughs> I guess we'll put the poll up there. <laughs> well, I just, wasn't just, sure if just, that was the plan or the, like you didn't really clear this. Whatever the hell a Duran Duran is and whatever this fat old guy wants up there. So there you go. The rest of you uh, Gen Xers can... <laughs> Pretend to bask in your own uh, relevancy like for a some moment. Gen X things. Shh. <laughs> okay, you can't find us on Twitter. I leave. Gain enthusiasm about the poll this time. You're going to be able to vote in the poll about your favorite <gasps> Monday. You can? Your favorite. Alice, you're not going to hit the post at this rate. Hit the post, Alice. Lean into it. Right over. Oh, what's that hand? That doesn't. I hear the post coming up real quick. Oh no. Oh, that was the post. I'll say it after. Train you kept can... a rolling. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook.com/slash Burn Barrel Podcast, on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. Send us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com, and check out our YouTube channel, Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. Like and subscribe. Talk to you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.